Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. Got a packed show here for you today, breaking down Broncos free agent activity over the past week, post Randy Gregory signing, what's left to fill and address from, for GM George Payton, what about their own free agents? We'll talk about any possibilities left to return to Denver who are free agents currently, and a look around the rest of the AFC West. Tons of moves, tons of shuffling, some reloading going on, and some departures. Tyreek Hill headed out from the Chiefs to Miami in a trade. The Raiders are loading up. The Chargers are loading up. We'll break that down. And what Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and co. have to do to somehow climb back atop the AFC West mountain where they haven't been in quite some time. So, Ryan, let's start off the show breaking down just the few moves over the past week here inside linebacker Alex Singleton who also I'm sure play a little special teams Josh Johnson who will vie for the backup quarterback position with Brett Rippon and Kawan Williams who will project to be the team's new nickelback replacing the often injured Bryce Callahan how would you grade out and assess these most recent moves by GMGP Ryan well, I think they're okay. Uh, and, you know, with the second with the second wave of free agency, it's going to be sort of the eye of the beholder. And also, the first question is, what need does it fill? You, you look at the contract stuff later. Let's start with Josh Johnson. He has literally played everywhere in the league uh, since he entered the league. He has you know less than ten starts. This was an interesting signing for me. I thought the Broncos would maybe try and go a little younger for their backup quarterback because Russell Wilson has been a model of extreme durability, except for this past year. And that was only just a couple of games with that finger injury. So, um, you know, is it Josh Johnson or is it Brett Rippon? To me, it's, to me, that was, uh, you know, a little interesting. I thought they would maybe try and find a guy with a little more experience um, starting, but they obviously feel Johnson's a fit. And they, you know, Rippon, you know, could be ticketed for the practice squad again, or, you know, maybe beats Johnson out. But I think you sign a veteran like Josh with designs on being the number two. Um, Alex Singleton, uh, you know, led the Eagles in tackles, but was not tendered as a, as a restricted free agent. Kind of interesting. He has 250 plus tackles over the last two years. And, you know, like some people are saying, well, he's going to start. Well, we don't know that. You know, we don't know what their plan is for Baron Browning. I think he deserves a shot at inside linebacker alongside Josie Jewell. Uh, so I think, you know, Singleton maybe could be a, a base guy. He could you know, be a sub-package guy. Um, you, you were on the conference call with him the other day. What were some of his thoughts on, on joining the Broncos? Yeah, Ryan, he made it sound like, you know, he's excited for the opportunity to come in and be one of the guys. Uh, you know, from the last few years in Philly, he started a – Eight games last year, eleven games the year before, and he mentions you know some of his capabilities. But I think he's coming in with an eye on taking that starting job alongside Josie Jewell. But of course, Baron Browning in that consideration as well. Uh, he wants to come in, set that physical tone on defense, and you know, bring a little bit of intellect as well. We mentioned special teams where he can contribute. You know, I think that's a place they'll have to have him contribute, especially if if maybe it's a three-person maybe rotation there or, or Baron Browning beats him out. Uh, you saw Singleton played 51% of the Eagles special team snaps yes, last year and more than that the, the couple years prior to that. So he can really be a Swiss Army knife in multiple roles. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does and what he contributes. But like you said, no sure thing here because Baron Browning showed many good flashes last year to warrant 
certainly consideration for that job alongside Jewel, whom they brought back. Yeah, and you mentioned that playing time. He played 700 snaps on special teams. Last year for the Eagles, he was on the field a lot. 720 snaps on defense, 214 on special teams. So it's a two-fold signing. One, they got to be better on special teams. They know that. And two, last year, they, they ran out of inside linebackers. Literally ran out of right. inside linebackers. So the, the more quality you can have there, the better. I would think this closes the door on Kenny Young re-signing um, because right now you got Jonas Griffin back as a backup. You have Singleton, Jewel, and Browning. Um, you have Justin Sternad still in the mix. So looks like they have decent numbers there. Um, then, you know, then as we tape this on Thursday, they did the Williams deal, as you mentioned, that, that move on from Bryce Callahan, which I think is what they needed to do. I just can't stay healthy. And, yeah, Williams is an interesting guy. And what stood out about him on his stat sheet was the forced fumbles. And then the blitzing, you know, he's around the football, you know, the, the, the Niners used him in a lot of different ways. So I, I think they upgraded uh, at the nickel spot by signing Williams from San Francisco. And this is the first Orange podcast brought to you by the Denver Post, Kyle Newman, alongside Ryan O'Halloran, breaking down recent moves by the Broncos. Now looking ahead forward here, what's left to fill, what's left to address draft coming up in about a month's time to me, Ryan, most glaring, Spot left on the roster, potentially on the whole roster, but definitely on offense, is right tackle. What are your thoughts on that position, and where else do they need to load up on defense? I'd imagine uh, safety, even though they've, they've shored up there a little bit b- beside Justin Simmons, I, they could look to the draft there. But what are your thoughts on right tackle specifically? Yeah, I don't think they're done at right tackle. Uh, you know, they, they have uh, Tom Compton they signed from the Niners. He started games there last year. They have Calvin Anderson. They re-signed him. Right. Uh, and so they got options. My guess is they maybe want to add one more veteran and and, and you know, just make it a three-horse race or, you know, or, and, and maybe, you know, maybe two guys maybe kick Compton in, in, inside as, as an interior backup guy. So it's uh, – I, I do expect them to do something with a veteran and then really – if that doesn't happen, then use maybe one of the, those picks in the third or fourth round. But here's the thing. Those offensive tackles are going to go early because they're a very highly regarded class. Yep. Um, I thought the perfect spot would have been the uh, high in the second round with their their second round pick, but that was a part of the, the Wilson deal. So, you know, part of me is like, you know, you, so you can't pay every spot, but you do have to – you know, so there's sort of piecemeal in it. I guess it's better than piecemeal and left tackle. Uh, where they where they have bulls there with his contract, so I think this is going to be one of those camp competitions between Compton Anderson and maybe a, a third party as well. And then defensively, I know they obviously have made some moves, but are are they getting closer to set, or is that going to be the the biggest emphasis along with that tackle position in a draft? On defense, they've done they they've spent a lot of money with DJ Jones, the, uh, defensive line, Randy Gregory, edge rusher. Um, Williams as, as the nickel. They still got that hole at safety. Uh, Caden Stearns is an in-house candidate. Cream Jackson is still a free agent. Um, you know, the draft, I think that to me, that would be at, uh, with the 64th pick, you would consider safety. But when you're drafting that low, um, you got to have a backup plan in mind. And, you know, is that Stearns? Would they feel comfortable with that? Or do they like Caden more as a dime player at this stage of his career? So, I think, say, you know, if you look at this depth chart at starting lineup on defense, I think a lot of the spots are, are set. 
uh, with the exception of that safety uh, safety position uh, alongside Simmons. Again, this is the first Norwich podcast brought to you by Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. So to close the show, talk about the rest of the AFC West and also Russ and Co. getting together at his house doing a little throwing session. So Ryan, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the division is loaded up this year. Even the Chiefs who, you know, they lose Tyreek Hill, they get MVS from Green Bay. So what do you make of this division? Is it the toughest in football without a doubt? And how do a first-year coach, a first-year quarterback trying to change the culture and reverse fortunes here in Dove Valley immediately come in and compete in this division? Well, I think Russell Wilson was a good start, but they also did some other good things in free agency so far. I do think it's the toughest division in, in football. I think they're going to beat the ever-living bejesus out of each other, and that's going to allow somebody else to get the top seed and get a bye. And uh, I think all four teams should do pretty good what they're doing. I'll start with Kansas City. The Tyreek Hill trade, Kansas City could basically blame the Raiders for that because they set the bar with receiver contracts with Devontae Adams in the trade from the Packers. Tyreek Hill wanted Devontae Adams' money. The Chiefs said, we're not giving it to you. So they traded him for a whole bunch of draft picks to the Dolphins. But the Chiefs are regrouping a receiver. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh. You mentioned Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. So that's two guys. They still got Hardman. Kelsey is obviously an elite tight end. I do think the Chiefs will draft a receiver in the first round to add to that uh, group of weapons for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Raiders have just added a ton of bodies. I mean, I've run out of space on my Raiders page with my chicken scratch because they're just adding players every single day. Adams, Chandler Jones were the two biggest ones. The Chargers have loaded up on, on off, uh, excuse me, on defense with Cleo Mack, J.C. Jackson. So, you know, if I had to rank the teams right now, um, even though the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, I'm still going to put Kansas City number one because of Mahomes. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Second, I'll put the Broncos ahead of the Chargers because I think the, the Chargers still have maybe have some things to figure out up front on offense. And then uh, Chargers third, Raiders fourth. And, you know, the Raiders could be fourth in division and, like, you know, eighth in the league. I think my math works there. Eighth in the conference, excuse me. So very competitive division. A lot of these games are going to be on prime time. Going to be some, you know, some uh, late nights watching Bronco football this year along with the other division teams. Again, this is the first Norwich podcast brought to you by the Denver Post, denverpost.com slash Broncos. So let's close the show with some discussion of the much-hyped social media videos earlier this week from Russell Wilson's first Broncos session, first look at Russ in a Broncos helmet here earlier this week. And he had Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Andrew Beck, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, many other guys out there. At his house in his backyard, right? That was his backyard. Am I to understand, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like his compound. Or yeah, something. his compound. Yeah. yeah. He so even has Broncos painted in one of the, in the end zone. Yeah, already has so, Broncos painted in, in his end zone in the backyard. So uh, on his full size, or, or at least a half size field, it looked like. So what do you make of that? Uh, Russ already getting the game together and he's obviously pretty excited. I know he's got like a whole team producing all these videos for him on Instagram and, and Twitter, but he's obviously pretty pumped about what he can do with this group. Yeah. And you know, to me, more reps, the better. I mean, this is a chemistry sport with quarterbacks and receivers. And you mentioned some of the guys were there, uh, you know, uh, you know, tight ends, receivers, 
you know, maybe this is something, maybe it's nothing, but what, what, what I grabbed from the video was that, that Albert O and Cortland Sutton were not wearing knee braces and they wore those all last year after their ACLs in 2020. But, you know, I, I, you know, there, I, I can only say it's good uh, that he is taking on this role. And, you know, if you're a receiver and you and you don't have any other commitments, uh, it makes sense to get there. And, you know, you know, one thing Wilson said, he's a big practice guy. You know, he's, you know, it's going to be a lot of throwing. He wants this team to be ready to go from the hop in week one because he knows how tough this division is. So I, I, I take it only as a positive. I'm sure they'll do it again after veteran minicamp and that gap between the offseason program and the start of training camp. And, you know, as we, as we'll finish up with this, as we record this at 2.42 uh, Denver time on Thursday, Mile High Stadium's on fire. Uh you could go to Denver underscore fire on Twitter. They got some pictures of it. They said Denver fire department crews are extinguishing a fire at Mile High Stadium. Unknown cause, but fire affected uh, the suite and a suite and third level seating area. Well, it looks like pretty good blaze. Yeah, um, it looks like a substantial blaze and good thing, you know, opening kickoff is like about yeah. over five months away still, but it looks I mean, like it's going to need some repair just based off the initial images I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, one of the pictures here looks like there's there's parts of like ten or twelve rows. Right. Uh, on the yeah, it doesn't. I can't tell if it's the. It looks like the three hundred level, which would be that club level, uh, and so uh, you know, they're gonna have uh, be issue with the causes. I mean, who knows who's working there today? I mean, there's offices on. I think it's. I think they're on the other side of the building, but the stadium has been evacuated. So, uh, hopefully everything's all right there. But we it's rare we have uh, breaking news. Breaking structure news. Well, so okay, so Ryan, is this is this bad? I mean, we we had the plane crash miles from Dove Valley the day Russell Wilson the deal was announced, and now we have the the, the stadiums on fire. I mean, these are bad omens here. Well, I'll add the hat trick is when I was on vacation last month. I had to spend the night in Houston, Texas, because my flight from Sarasota to Houston was late leaving because a plane crashed in Sarasota. And like, I remember the gal at the Southwest counter says, don't worry, nobody was injured. I'm like, what about my flight? We're getting you a different model, she says. <laughs> what about my flight? So we will look forward to the Broncos' 17-game slate all on the road here this year. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we can get this uh, stadium yeah. back in ship shape. So <laughs> I, I just slacked with our editors. It looks like this side is uh, heading out there. It's pretty close to our Denver Post offices. So I'm sure they'll have a bunch of stuff online uh, Friday. DenverPost.com slash Broncos. Appreciate you folks tuning in to today's show, First in Orange Podcast. Brought to you by the Denver Post. Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Come back next week for more Broncos analysis. And until next time, take it easy.